the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, the media. To watch the ongoing media propaganda. It's like watching Pravda. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. Because parents are, I think we are a little bit too complacent sometimes about, oh, how bad can it be? It's very bad. Because you can't be truly conservative and be advocating for so-called rights on the basis of what God says is a sin. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I am Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news, articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my weekly column on wnd.com. Also, my columns on barbwire.com and elsewhere out on the web. Be sure to check out my book, which is written especially for teens about a subject that we cover a lot on this program, and it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality, and you can learn more right on our website, admissionamerica.com. Well, we've been hearing a lot in the past year, year and a half, about the issue of gender confusion in our culture and in our schools And as we start another school year, I thought it would be great to have a conversation with someone who is surely an expert on this, and I'm sure you'll agree. And then we can talk about what parents should watch for. So my guest is my friend and pro-family colleague, Laurie Higgins, who is a prolific columnist with commentaries all over, uh, published all over the internet. She's interviewed often by media like ours. And she is cultural affairs writer at the Illinois Family Institute at IllinoisFamily.org. So welcome back to Mission America Radio, Laurie. Hi, Linda. Thanks so much for having me. Well, you know, um, I always, you know, read your articles and you put so much research and thought and um, and really great ins- Christian insight as a mom, as, as a can I say this, Grandma? You as a grandma? Oh yes, you can. <laughs> Into <laughs> that. Waiting to be a grandma for about thirty years. <laughs> you know, and and your heart is always there, but you've got such good. Um, you articulate it so well. So you know, I, I just want to talk about. You know, we're seeing this thing gallop along, and it's just I don't know. It's just stunning to me, and I know it is to you. Why do you think this issue has garnered? so much attention and has galloped along in such a, 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 a rapid way. And I know this is a big, a big question, but I just want to get your basic thoughts about that. Well, I think there's a lot of reasons. One, of course, is the, the, the prior successes of the homosexual movement and the 
sort of the ideas that underpin that about sexuality, sort of that, you know, all these, what what is dominant or what is most important in making decisions in life in determining morality is objectivism. Just the autonomous self gets to decide. There's nothing outside the self right. that can set boundaries for what is acceptable behavior. And then the cultural intimidation that went along with that movement to make ridicule people into silence. I think also the cowardice within the church, and I'm talking about the Catholic Church, Protestant denominations, even those that have maintained theological orthodoxy, have not addressed this issue, and they have, so people have, have abandoned theological orthodoxy on this, or they've decided that, well, all that matters regarding the, regarding the church is that we're nice. Yes. So niceness trumps even truth. And so I think all those things together have left us in this position. And also, the people are intellectually lazy, which is one of the things that really frustrates me, because this trans ideology is not about essentially about allowing a handful of people with gender confusion to access opposite-sex private spaces. It is about the eradication of sex-segregated private spaces for everyone everywhere. Right. In fact, they have a bill pending in California that, if passed, would say that when they do room assignments in nursing homes, they have to do them by gender identity. And if someone doesn't want a room with someone of the opposite sex, that person, that, that gender-confused person cannot be moved. So that would have to be the elderly person who's perhaps been in that room for many years. This is where we're going. Right. They don't. And by the way, your listeners need to understand that the left, the trans cult, does not believe they need to have surgery or cross-sex, take cross-sex hormones or cross-dress. All they need is their claim that they identify as the opposite sex. Right, right, right. It's just, it's simply identity and identity can be whatever you want it to be and as you and you've written about i've written about where does this stop i mean if fantasy rules on the sexuality and gender issues there's a whole range of other issues and you get into complete um, mental spiritual and cultural chaos pretty quickly exactly I mean, right, as you say, I mean, if someone says, well, I identify as someone 20 years younger, 30 years younger, why shouldn't I be able to get a new birth certificate Right. identifying that? I had this young transgender 18-year-old, excuse me, young man, actually objectively male, and um, he's just started taking cross-sex hormones. And he, without me asking him, he said exactly what I said. You don't need to cross-dress, take the hormones. You don't need to have the surgery. You don't even need to experience gender dysphoria because that is distress over the mismatch. And you, and what his dream was, he said, was that we have co-ed everything, everywhere, for everyone. That is what's coming. Yeah. Yes. So, so because the reason I'm making this point is I hear conservatives, including Christians, say, well, as long as they've had the surgery. Well, of course. As long, even if they've had the surgery, they're still the sex they were originally. Your sex is immutable. But more importantly, they don't have to have the surgery. And some of them are having the, let's say it's someone who identifies as a woman, but it's actually a man. He may just have the top surgery, have breast implants, but not bottom surgery. And they want unrestricted access to women's private spaces, including showers and locker rooms. 
Right. And and why why should we trust that people that are doing this are mentally and emotionally stable? I mean, this is I mean, I, that's a horribly offensive because I know that there are people who do function uh, out there in the world and are not a threat to anyone. However, there's something wrong. There's always something wrong, even if they are functioning. Uh, there's a high tolerance for you know, functionality among humans, even if there's something deeply, deeply troubling. And who knows if a private space won't call that out at some point. I mean, I'm not going to let my eight-year-old daughter, I don't have an eight-year-old daughter, but if I did, but, you know, go, just go, go run in the restroom, honey. Uh, You know, no, it's too unsafe um, because there are strange people in there. I mean, I guess that's the bottom line. Exactly. Well, and another issue that that touches on is, which really enrages the trans community, is if you talk about predation, predators, Mm -hmm. and they'll say, are you suggesting that trans people are predators? And I would say, no, that is not the argument. The argument is, once you say people can have access to opposite sex private spaces with nothing more than their word that that they identify as the opposite sex, how will anyone know whether the man in the women's locker room truly experiences gender dysphoria or if it's a predator pretending to be a man who pretends to be a woman in order to have easy access to his prey. The the left likes to mock us by saying, oh, what are you going to have, genitalia police at the door? And and so I asked them back, well, what are you going to have, the gender dysphoria police to ascertain whether the person claiming to be trans actually is trans. Right. And so then, we're and, all, yeah. it's just, it's just a, a complete yes. quagmire, moral quagmire, right. intellectual quagmire. You know, many don't realize that there are many feminists who strongly oppose to gender dysphoric men in women's private spaces. So the alliance there, the LGBT alliance, is experiencing some schism right now. Yes, they are. They are. And I've written about that recently in one article. Um, it shows up a lot in the in the gay the gay pride uh, uh, festivals and parades. But one thing I want to get back to the schools, though. So there's one of the things that is is very concerning is the and I know you're seeing this in Illinois. We're a lot less in 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 at least at the state education department in Ohio, um, but on a local level here and all over the country is the trend for these school policies to affirm. All of this, as if there is absolutely no other viewpoint that you must support, quote unquote, these these confused kids. And then then to come down on the side expressly in these policies uh, to say that if somebody is uh, gender confused, a student is even at the elementary school level and they are doing this at school and not sure that the parents are informed that the school is to side with the child and to, um, you know, counsel them apart from letting the parents know. I mean, d- exactly. Well, they have, there's been two things that have happened in the news recently. One was that Chris Christie signed that law that right. mandates that schools must use opposite sex pronouns. So people need to understand that is the government compelling employees to lie. And, and then there was the guidelines that were adopted in Minnesota, <clears throat> excuse me, on how to address gender dysphoria or, you know, transgenderism, they like to call it. And I forget which one of those actually had what you were talking about, that they're to meet with students who are trans identified at the beginning of the year. And it should include, this meeting should include include administrators and a counselor and the student. And perhaps the parents, 
if the student wants the parent to be there. And these, these I don't remember if it's Minnesota's guidelines or the, the um, law in, in New Jersey, but it's, it, it specifically talked about leaving parents out if that doesn't work for the student. Right. And by the way, those guidelines and the law, actually I think both of them said that the same thing that I was talking about a moment ago, which is students, all that's required, they don't even need a diagnosis of gender dysphoria. Right. All they, they need is their claim that they identify as the opposite. Exactly. It's, and and you, don't, you don't need to bring parents into it. You don't have a, right. need to have any kind of, you don't be, have be treated by a physician. It's just that the uh, school admi- administrator or the teacher may perceive that this is a gender, you know, confused person, or there may be a question about what restroom to go to, and then this is all brought up. And this, this right. may be... All of that. Yeah. All of that. It wasn't just about the meeting. It was about these students have to have access to right. opposite-sex restrooms right. and locker rooms and athletics. And so, and, and what these policies teach both implicitly, and often you hear teachers, school board members saying it explicitly, people who don't want to share opposite-sex spaces, private spaces, I mean, don't want to share those private spaces with opposite-sex persons, are hateful, bigoted, mm-hmm. yeah. and ignorant. Right. And that's what those policies are teaching children in school. Right, right. And we, uh, in case people are just joining us, we are talking with Laurie Higgins, who is a cultural affairs writer at the Illinois Family Institute. And you can find, um, read more about what she puts together at IllinoisFamily.org, as well as many places out on the web. She's got commentary all over all over the internet. So, um, you know, the, and those, okay, back to what you're saying, Lori, the, the children who have expressed that I don't want to use the restroom with the opposite sex nor shower with them, they become the bad guys. They become held up as, as sort of, um, they're, they're marginalized, they're labeled, you know, talk about bigotry, intolerance. I mean, it, it's just, yes. it just drips from not, this entire policy. Just, Exactly. And, and what's happening now and what the schools are doing now is they're saying those who don't want to use private spaces with persons of their same sex get to use private spaces with persons of the opposite sex. And then let's say we use it the boy and he can now use the girls facilities. Girls who don't want to share spaces with opposite sex persons now have to move to the single occupancy. Right. right. Private, you know, the, the yeah. restroom or the locker room or the changing area in the nurse's office, for example. So a school district up here just recently said that if you don't want sexually integrated private spaces in schools, then that you're the bigot and you're calling for different tiers for students to, for students to be engaged in private activities. So I asked the school board member, then when you say that people who don't want to share locker rooms with opposite-sex persons have to go into a different space. Are you calling for different tiers of safety exactly. for different kinds of students? Exactly, they are. And, and what they're doing is it's all artificial tiers when God has given us the natural tiers already and our sense and common sense should be using them, male and female. Um, we're right. talking with we're talking with Laurie Higgins from the Illinois Family Institute, and she's a writer uh, that... You can read all over the Internet. There's many, many places where Laurie's articles and commentary are published. And we're so grateful to have her expertise because she has really written a lot about the transgender issue. So here on Mission America Radio, we will continue exploring this. And parents, listen up, because it's not just 
for you who have your kids in the public schools. And we'll talk about that in our next segment. It's for Christian schools because guess what, folks? Churches and Christian um, communities and schools are not standing up on this the way they should. We need to make sure we are aware of how insidious this gender identity and the homosexuality issue is. So stay with us here on Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and we will be right back following these messages. Don't go away. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. We're talking today about the transgender or gender confusion or gender rebellion issue is what, how I, really I like to phrase it, uh, among, especially among our kids and what's going on in schools and with school policies as we move into the school year. Um, and we're talking with Laurie Higgins, who is the cultural affairs writer for um, the Illinois Family Institute at illinoisfamily.org. And uh, we are, Lori, you know, one of the things, go back to really, really basics, is people often assume that experts have found something here that we should all pay attention to. Have experts found that people are ever born in the wrong sex body? No. No, they haven't found that. There's no evidence that people, and, and that's, a, you know, I've asked that of some people who identify as trans. If you experience a mismatch between your body and your internal subjective feelings about your body or about maleness or femaleness, how can you be so sure that the error is in your healthy, normally functioning, anatomically correct body right. rather than your mind? Right. And, and all it is is, well, I really feel that way. Right. That's the extent of it. Well, you know, what, you know, what gets me is the, the, the terminology, I want to be who I am. Well, what is who you are? Is it, you know, the healthy functioning obvious or is it, uh, you know, in, in, a, in confusion, which will take you through all kinds of horrible uh, hormonal and surgical, as you've talked about, mutilating and surgically amputating healthy body parts to, to get there, that's so phony compared to the real you, which is there and so obvious. Well, right. what they're saying regarding the restrooms or the whole issue is that objective, immutable, biological sex and its accompanying anatomy has no intrinsic and profound meaning, particularly with regard to privacy. And that when we are assigning or, you know, deciding which restrooms and locker rooms humans will use, subjective internal feelings about one's sex must always trump objective immutable biological sex. And I would ask, why? Who says that? Right. You know, I mean, who's decided that, that that subjective internal sense of oneself trumps something objective and immutable when it comes to private spaces? They've just unilaterally decided that. This is not about equality or equal treatment. This is about special privileges for people to say, well, everyone else in the world throughout history has used restrooms that correspond to their sex, but we now yeah. want the privilege of using these spaces in accordance with our subjective internal feelings about our sex. Right. And by the way, and the question is, you know, I want to ask, and I want to see this discussion in public is, <clears throat> what does it mean to trans people to, when they say, they feel male or female, because this is what they've said. They've said that maleness and femaleness have nothing to do with anatomy, nothing to do with biology, and 
nothing to do with arbitrary, arbitrary socially constructed behaviors or interests that society assigns to one sex or the other. So it doesn't have anything to do with clothing, hairstyles, makeup, toys, what things you like to do, and it has nothing to do with your body or your biology. So then what is it? So when you say, when they say, I feel like I'm female, what does that mean? What is a female? It has nothing to do with body, interests, taste, biology, any. Well, well, then why and why go to all that trouble and expense to take hormones and surgery and dress? uh, What about drag queens and drag kings? I mean, this is uh, they, yeah, like so many things about completely incoherent. It's incoherent. That is exactly the word. It it continues to be this movement. And now, what they're doing, you'll you'll start seeing this more often, is the trans cult says that if you care about the genitalia of your sexual partner, you are transphobic. Right Now, you and I know, Linda, from all the writing and research we've done over the years, that homosexuals, particularly homosexual men, care deeply about the genitalia of their partners. <laughs> yes. So this is another way that the LGBT um, alliance is splitting. Yes, right, right. Well, there's the incoherence is going to split this, and uh, I hope it does, because it, it, the, it, it will, the cracks need to show uh, here in this the earthquake of a movement, you know, so, okay, what's it going to take though? We got kids in the public schools. What's it going to take to change the public schools? Do you think Christians should be leaving their children in public schools at this point? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's a change for you, isn't it? That's a change. I hear people say, oh, go ahead. That's a change for you, isn't it? I mean, that, that, that position. Yeah. And I want to, I want to make one, you know, qualification for that. Even as you take your kids out because they don't belong there, taxpayers should stay involved because your taxes are subsidizing these policies, these teachings, the offensive books that are taught in school, all that. And so, and in addition, the kids who are left in schools will be our culture makers in another 5, 10, 15 years. So we better care what's going on. But But Christians should not have their kids in schools. If I hear one more Christian parent say, oh, no, they have to be there to be salt and light, when the parents aren't even salt and light. Right, right. Salt and light doesn't mean being in the school and being a nice person and not swearing. Being salt and light means to challenge these things. And children are not missionaries. There's not a single child missionary in Scripture. Well, I guess if you look at David killing Goliath, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, there's no children who were called to the mission field, and even our adults who are called to mission fields, go through training. They're spiritually mature Christians who go through training. So, and parents are not in there addressing this at all. They're not going to school board meetings. They're not even calling their schools, which is what I recommend, to ask, are you mandating that teachers have to use opposite-sex pronouns when referring to uh, gender dysphoric students? Are you allowing gender dysphoric students to use opposite sex faces? Mm-hmm. I've told parents you should do that because it's already going on even when they haven't formally changed policy or alerted parents. Right, right. And right. they're not even doing that. So, so you cannot send your kids to a place where they don't recognize the meaning of biological sex. We're not Gnostics. We don't believe in this <clears throat> schism between body and mind. Right. They are one integrated whole. <clears throat> and if teachers don't recognize the profound importance of biological sex, 
as it relates to physical privacy, if they won't make clear distinctions between males and females and on that, if they're going to teach your kids that they're hateful, if they don't want to relinquish their privacy, you can't have your children taught by those people. Yeah, right. You, and your kids are not, not uh, it's, it's, it is so, so dark and dangerous, and especially the, some schools especially. So, Lori, we're out of time. Thank you so much for what you do, the contributions you are making to the conversation in this, on this issue and all these great issues. And God bless you. And I ask my listeners to pray for you. Well, thank you, and thanks so much for all your work and for having me on today. Okay, take care. And friends, I know that many of you are not listening to this program uh, because you're casual about this. You you do care. So keep up on this. Let's keep informed and take, take the stands we need to stand to take where God has planted us. Just remember that with God, all things, all things are still possible. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.